you're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson, how are you this morning? Oh, mate, I'm so good. You're so good? Yeah, I'm just killing it. Okay, so we've got some great stories to cover this morning. Yeah. No, fantastic, like... Fantastic, like amazing stories, stuff. So we have the big reveal happening today. Yes, we do. In our in our next section, we're going to be covering that. We're going to be talking about it. If you missed what we were talking about, you need to go back and listen to the podcast of yesterday's interview, where we had the interview of the year, Mm -hmm. if not the interview of Faith FM, uh, with the most inspiring story I think we've ever covered. Mm And we have the scoop right here on mm. Faith FM. You heard it first on Faith FM before anybody else. Mm-hmm. And today, <laughs> of course, um, we're going to have the big reveal. So yesterday we did an, a, a pre-interview or we shared a pre-interview um, of a story of a family who lost their home due to bushfires and are now receiving a new home. Mm. They, well, they lost everything and they were uninsured. Yes. And it was like, you know... Man, there's so much I could say, but I have to wait. Yes. Okay, we're going to say that. And you were there Mm -hmm. when they actually found out they wouldn't be living in a shed for the rest of their life. Yep. They wouldn't finish out their years Mm -hmm. living under a tin roof. Mm. And it was was very emotionally potent. Uh, We're going to be hearing it, and we're going to be talking about it and discussing it. Can't wait. Oh, it's going to be so good, Lyle. Can't wait. Oh, but you know what else I'm grateful for? What? It's cold this morning. What is wrong with you? (laughs) I just frowned all around the studio. Somebody this guy to Antarctica. (laughs) I wouldn't mind it, bro. I'd be the chaplain of Antarctica. Yes. Let's go. Evangelism. To the penguins. To the penguins. Shout out. Uh uh (laughs) Dude, that would be amazing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. All right, Lyle. Mm-hmm. So now we're, we're transitioning into our good news period, and we are going to be listening and comment, commentating, com, providing, commentating. Oh, commentating. Commentating. And providing some commentary over, essentially, the reveal to the Duncans that their house was going to be rebuilt. So if we can just start that off now and... and have a listen. So we're just pulling up to the property now. Uh, we see the Duncans. We see Sam and Lynn. Um, oh. And what happened? It, it Technical just, difficulties had just died right yeah. in the middle of it. It was just like <laughs> we pulled up to the house and then nothing happened. And then nothing happened. Well, <laughs> essentially, yeah. So we were waiting down the street for a text from Lynn. Uh, she sent us a little smiley who's organized face. The, who's organised the rebuilding of this house. This is all the community coming mm-hmm. together and everybody donating different bits and pieces. Yeah, 100%. Oh, so cool. But yeah, myself and Marta, who were, who were here for, up there from the conference, um, then we had Pastor Graham Stewart who was with us and then Luke um, and his other business partner was there from Hume Timber and Doors who were supplying all of the... Uh, Oh, I forget what the word is. That, well, they were supplying doors. doors. Um, but then, you know, a bunch of wood, you know, for the floors and all kinds of things like that. So have we got that up there? Let's try and give this another run through and uh, see what happens. So we're just pulling up to the property now. Uh, we see the Duncans. We see Sam and Lynn. Um, people are jumping out of cars and going to surprise them. We're going to hang, hang back a little bit. Don't want to just jump in there and put a bike straight in their face, but... Yeah, this should be really good. 
Oh, hey, dog. So there was a really big dog there that just kept, like, this really big and dopey. <laughs> just, like, running around. Fun. So this is us. We're just, like, walking up now. It's probably, like, you know, 20, 30 meter walk up to where they were. They've got, like, a bit of a driveway. And so we're trying to control the dog. They don't know who we are, by the way. They're just, all they've been told is, oh, I've got some special people for you to meet. And we just show up. What you don't know is that um, God kept tapping me on the shoulder. And um, he has sent other people. Something wrong with our recording. And we're doing the things together. What? And it's not, not joking. It's not yep. from us. It's not from us. It's not from any human being. But God just kept opening doors. Okay. So we had a we had a little bit of clipping there, unfortunately. Oh, I don't know what happened to our recording. It, was, it was sounded perfect earlier. Okay, but basically what happened is Lynn reveals them and says. We're, we've gotten everyone together to build you a house. And, the, man, the result, like, immediately, you know, from Gwenda Duncan's eyes, just tears. And she just, she made this noise. She was like, oh! like, just absolute shock. Um, and at the moment now, they're just kind of talking through the points of, you know, what they've kind of gotten together, uh, you know, what they've su- had supplied for the house. Yeah, so it's just, oh, it was... It was just massive. Like they're just standing there in shock. We have a little bit more here. We'll see how. See how this is clipping. Clipping too badly. Yeah. Sorry. God. Oh, what happened to our recording? It was so perfect yeah. when we listened to it before. We listened to it back. Hmm. We'll try and get it cleaned up for you and have another crack at yeah. it. Yeah, because you do need to hear it. It was just absolutely amazing to hear the uh, the response there, but. Wow. Yeah, in response, essentially, she's just, like, they're just crying. Like, they're just breaking down and they're like, man, you know, uh, when Keith Duncan, you know, he was, you know, driving through the flames, seeing their house, their pride and joy that they had built, you know, burning down. Uh, You know, firstly, though, you're wondering, oh, man, are we ever going to get back here? You know, it's just such a catastrophic tragedy. Uh, But secondarily, it's like, Man, we're losing everything. Mm. Um, and, you know, as we Seven generations of photos. Yeah. All gone. Just... Because Kevin was out fighting the fires. He was a volunteer mm. firefighter. He was out fighting the fires when it went up. Yeah. But even further than that, you know, we're going to... It's There's going to be some of it detailed in the interview, but it was much more than just photos. You know, they... Uh, they had, it, like, they were doing a lot you know they're in their retirement making good use of their property that she was into making natural remedies and and ointments and stuff that she was like testing like um they were you know lopping trees to supplement their government pension like all these kinds of things um they had like their house was not only just a house but it was it was making them sustainable. So they, you know, when it all went up in flames, not only were they left, you know, without their, their dream house they had built from, you know, the, their careers, their years of working, but furthermore, you know, their potential to make income in the future. Both of them are retirees. And so it was just, it was just devastating. Like it wasn't only that they lost their house and now they need to build back up. They can't. Mm. They've lost everything. They've lost their potential for income. They've lost their means. Uh, but, you know, and that was the thing that she was kind of detailing there is that we really lost everything. But God has, you know, through God, we've gotten everything back. And now I can't give away too much. Because, I mean, these are people who have been living in a oh, shipping container for a couple of years. Yeah. Essentially. Essentially. Yeah, it was basically, dude, it's like a tin shed. Um, <coughs> they're going to, oh, sorry. 
they'd fitted out the inside of. Then only just, you know, during the summer that we just had, uh, they, they got a portable air conditioner because there was no ventilation in the place. Like, it, it, Yeah, you imagine living in a tin shed last summer. Yeah. You know, we're having days that hit, I think we had a day that hit like 47 degrees yeah. or something or other and, in a tin shed. And it was also like, you know, it gets cold in that area. You know, it's a little bit inland. It's free. During that whole winter, they had no heating. They just couldn't afford it. And so just like legit, you know, the, they were saying that the dog lived out of a car for six months, like just the heaviest stuff. Um, but, you know, their reaction to, oh, that everything that you've lost is going to give back, give them back to you. Like and they had, their, they had their daughter in emergency situation mm-hmm. um, with a, a, a relationship gone bad, a toxic relationship, who'd been living there with them with four kids. Yeah. Because she had nowhere else to go. Mm. Mm. Just amazing what some people yep. go through, um, you know, even here in Australia, and even more amazing what God can do to turn things around and to, you know, bring good out of this. Okay, so we've got, we've got the actual interview coming yep. up. And the actual interview, yeah, we're, uh, the recording is good for the actual interview mm-hmm. uh, where you sit down with the Duncans and talk to them about what has just happened. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. All right, so some more serious stories uh, from around the traps. The Australian Federal Police, police have called on the Australian government to ban uh, certain flags and insignia that are being used by terrorist organisations. Mm. Uh, interesting thought right there. I'm a little bit against banning that kind of stuff. I'm definitely a person who is in favour of free speech yep. and freedom of expression, and I recognise that even while there are certain flags and insignia out there that I find absolutely abhorrent mm. and that I detest, that uh, freedom comes at a cost. Yeah. And part of that cost is... Having things, having people, having communications out there that we actually detest. Uh, they've noted that the threats at the moment are coming from uh, a combination, a coming together of nationalist movements with racist movements. So um, mm. anti-Indigenous, anti-Semitic, anti-Asian movements all coming together, combining with nationalism to create terrorist uh, threats here in Australia. And they found that it is taking place um, primarily uh, amongst young men who are teenagers, taking place in online environments, which have become a breeding ground for these kinds of um, actions, and that the parents are just generally ignorant, entirely ignorant of what their kids are up to, and that they're being indoctrinated or radicalised. So ASIO is currently predicting that there will be a terrorist attack in Australia in the next 12 months with the current projection. Yeah, so wow. that's a little bit scary. And uh, as far as threats go, they have listed that Sunni Islam is still their number one threat, but very, very rapidly being overtaken by, but not yet, but a growing nationalist, uh, racist, uh, misogynistic movement in Australia. Mm. And so these are some really, really concerning uh, stats that are coming through here, research that is coming through here. And when you look at where our world is at at the moment and how polarised our world is, mm. uh, what you see is the left going further left and the right going further right. Yeah. And the more each side goes the opposite direction, the more it feeds each other side. It's so interesting. Like, you know, uh, as a young person, I've been kind of uh, exposed a little bit to this culture just by, by being present online. Uh, and it's just, 
It's so interesting because it's it's a it's a quote unquote right wing traditional like extreme right wing traditional culture that is completely devoid of God and all about putting others down and then all of that like so it's it, yeah. it ultimately its ideology is selfishness is that you know because like both sides are an ideology yeah, of selfishness it's but a, expressed in very different in ways in very different ways yeah and it but it's intense and and it and it really I can I think it like as you said it's you it's mostly like young like teenage to young adult males um because it really attracts those who I don't know like I feel like that's the age for teenage to young adult males where we're still in the midst of finding our purpose, and there is that kind of, um, yeah, that just that inherent. This is one of the things the, that ASIO has. Uh, sorry for writing in, but they've yeah. actually um, highlighted that it attracts young adult males who are um, loners. Yes, and and, and it's looking, looking for somewhere to fit in. Essentially, like, well, it gives a cause that appeals to you. It's it's a cause that appeals to your selfishness. Like, you know, people love being a part of different causes. Um, it, it makes us feel good to to be a part of something bigger than itself. But this kind of thing just completely appeals to, you know, the selfishness of, of lonerism. Like, oh, just being like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, uh, like, you know, I'm, I'm not taking the time to build relationships with other people. Um, oh, and now that's everyone else's fault. Uh, and this is where God is the solution for this because God takes 100%. away our selfishness and he gives us purpose. Amen. Okay, some porkies coming out of China. Um, <laughs> it's about uh, half of the uh, stock of um, Chinese, or the, the, the Chinese, about half of all Chinese pigs have been wiped out by swine flu. That's massive. Yeah. And, of course, they expected to be back to normal production by July this year. Um, what they, we are now noticing, even though we're not being told this, that they won't even start rebuilding their um, their pig production until 2025 at the very earliest, and that's because the virus continues to run rampant and it continues to um, devastate and it continues to mutate in China. Uh, the easy solution there is stop eating the pork, of course, but interestingly, pork is the most popular uh, meat that there is in China. What it has resulted in is a massive increase into China of imports of poultry, beef, and mutton, which could permanently change eating habits for Chinese people. Mm. They're looking. They're they're having to. They're being forced to find new recipes. And by the time pork production is back up and running again, it may have changed forever. Mm. This is a massive, That's intense, massive virus. Um, and of course. It's a virus that we need in our uh, feral pig population here in Australia, I would think. I don't think the pig farmers <laughs> would like that very much, but it would be nice to see our feral pig population wiped out in this country. Okay, so, of course, the Bible says don't eat dead pigs. Mm. Simple as that. The uh, Bible said that a long time ago, and there are a multitude of good reasons, the spread of disease being one of them. Mm. Okay, so uh, let's head over to Idaho. We've had a, a couple of stories out of Idaho and Oklahoma recently, so here it comes again. They've just signed a law into law banning abortion after a heartbeat can be detected. So Ooh, this, is, this, is okay. a, this is a heavy piece of legislation. Uh-huh. Um, it's called the Fetal Heartbeat Pre-Born Child Protection Act. Now, you can detect a heartbeat as early as four weeks. Yeah, I know. That is usually before most women know that they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so what it's doing is effectively, for the most part, banning abortion. (laughs) 
Yeah. Now, they have made exceptions in the case of rape, incest, and, of course, medical emergencies. We um, totally get medical emergencies and support that. Uh, however, um, if a person does commit one of these abortions, they face uh, two to five years imprisonment as a felony. It's interesting it's not listed as being infanticide or feticide, but a felony. But anyway, two to five years and their license suspended. Okay, Oklahoma signed it into signed similar legislation one day before. Penalties a little bit less, um, but the Oklahoma one does not allow for abortion for incest or rape, so it's a little bit stronger that way. Uh, it can only perf- be performed by a gynecologist or obstetrics, and uh, the penalty there, but the penalty there is less. It's only one year loss of medical license. So this is what's happening in the United States right now. This is going to be pretty controversial, but this is something that, as Christians, uh, I think we can all support and should support uh, in valuing human life. Mm. And at the same time as supporting um, anti-abortion movements, we should support mothers and, yes. in particular, who have received abortions or who are in you know, terrible circumstances, and we always need to remind people that as Christians we give just as much support to the person walking into the abortion clinic as we give to yes. the person walking mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. That's what Christianity is all about. While we oppose it, we are here for people. All right, so that's some uh, encouraging news on the abortion front because that's a uh, story that's been pretty much going backwards here in Australia, and I think uh, Australia could learn a lot from the United States. Mm-hmm. I do believe that if time were to last... We will look back on the history of what we have done in Australia now with absolute horror and that it will turn around and change. But we can't predict the future. We don't know what's going to take place. Um, hopefully Jesus will just come back soon and bring an end to all of this. That's the ultimate, that's the ultimate solution to the problem right there. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back to Faith FM. We are... Continuing our coverage of the Duncan rebuild and sitting across from me right now is Keith and Gwenda Duncan. You know, we've rocked up this morning. Uh, it's been a bit of an experience. I just want to start by asking you guys, uh, how are you feeling right now? Numb. <laughs> a little bit shocked and in awe of what's happened. Yeah, wow. Well, Keep yourself. I, I actually feel a little elated because yeah. I, I, <laughs> It's been such a journey um, from the devastation of the fires to to having these people come in um, constantly to, to help us build a shed and we thought we were going as, or being as good as it gets but being eternally grateful to our community, to the, to the builders, to the, uh, the people that donated time, money, effort, products, Everything, uh, and and now um, we've even gone beyond that, and and the people that have come to help us, Lynn and Sam, have we were happy when when they managed to get us an air, air, a portable air conditioner to help us over you know the summer. Yeah, <laughs> sitting behind us here, where it was yeah, because it's 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 very hot inside of a tin shed. Yeah. Um, even though it's it's a quite a salubrious little shed, it's still a shed and it's still very hot in summer. Uh, and and now they they come to us uh, and 
and say that they have arranged to, to have a house built for us. It's, I don't know. It's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, it's something that this. was just sort of a, a dream of if ever and not knowing how we were going to get there. Mm. When the fires happened, it's, we had to get out of the smoke, so we left here and we went to, to Victoria and stayed with our daughter. It's down there for a couple of weeks. And Gwenda said to me, what are we going to do? I said, well, we're going to go back and we're going to build a shed. Yeah, wow. We had nothing. We had no money. We had nothing to, to do it. But that was that was my plan, was, yeah. was to come back and build a shed. And then it all happened. Yeah. And yeah. basically it was beyond my control what has happened. Yeah. I'd love to to get you to just outline that experience of, you know, uh, and as you said before, journey of, of coming back and needing to rebuild. You know, what, what did that look like for you guys? Uh, hopeless to start with, but then our daughter down there was amazing and just was very, from Ballarat, she was actually running one of the fire charities up here um, mm. from Ballarat. She had people doing stuff, and at the last minute before we came back, she found somebody who would loan us a caravan to live in on site. So when we came back, there was a – oh, we stayed at my mum's nursing home just in her unit. Actually, Keith stayed in the car with the dog the first night. The next morning, men came with the caravan, set it all up for us, came back the next day with his best friend and actually got the water on for us, mm. um, fixed the piping and everything. He was a retired master plumber, fixed the water, so we had water. And I just said to Keith, I've like it was coming up to Sabbath, and I said, look, I've got to go to church. And he said, I can't, I can't speak to people yet, and he stayed. So I went to church, and they asked me to tell what had happened. And I did. Mm. And that afternoon, two people arrived and we thought, oh, because we were getting a bit used to sightseers. People would just drive up to have a look at the burnt-out house and, you know, and we thought, oh, okay. We were polite to them and Keith walked around and showed him and she sat and talked to me. The next day that man paid for the transport himself of his huge tractor from Wingham to come here and he bulldozed the rubble all out of the way so it was safe for us to walk around, wow. pushed like the shed, um, our, our big three-bay shed, pushed everything from that up against sort of the fences, cleared all around just so it was safe for us and that, you know, walls and bricks and stuff wouldn't fall on us. And that was just amazing and that was our first Probably not the first miracle. We'd had a few before mm. because, like I said, you know, flames opened to let Keith out Yeah. Well. Um, on the day and he actually got out and was, at the, believe it or not, at the service station. That's where people went for safety, mm. a petrol station, yeah. which was surrounded by fire. Yeah, wow. Well. Um, then a few days later, a man that we had known years before and had sort of drifted away, walked up the driveway and said, I got told you guys had survived the fire. You don't look like it. And do you need anything? And Keith just sort of jokingly said to him, yeah, a truck and an excavator. To pick up the rubble. To, yeah. yeah. The, the previous guy rubble. had put yeah. in a heap. Yeah. We needed to get rid of it. 
<laughs> and he saw a truck and an excavator, and he goes, oh, I've got that. And not only did he bring his truck and his excavator, he organised for the slab to be donated. He organised, helped us to get the roofing donated. That was someone else who, um, from... Delahunty. Delahunty Boys. Full dealer. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Looked after troubled youth. Mm. Um, Elwyn and Helen. Elwyn's passed now, but I don't yeah. know if you knew Elwyn Scales. No, not personally. Uh, yeah, marvellous man. But he donated the metal that we had for our roof. Yeah, wow. And it was just the... Steve got the, the framing from from the building company in, in Taru, and, and he just arranged different people that were tradesmen that, that he'd known from when he was working, mm. and they all came together with, you know, uh, even... Even some volunteers from Bendigo came up here wow. and they helped. Uh, other local people also came along, church people, uh, and and with that, we got this built. Yeah. And, it was just, and the, the Samaritan's Purse hat, the Samaritan's uh, Purse came out and helped to sort through the rubble and, and they put rubble and metal so that it was easier mm. for public works when they came to do the clean-up to take it away. Um, and one of the people there was the chaplain for the Argentinian RFS, mm. and he was their chaplain. Mm. And he'd come up, he and his wife had come over to Australia because their son was going to university here, and they'd come over to help him get settled when the fires happened, so they immediately volunteered. And after they'd done the day's work here, their son come down and said, do you mind if we have a prayer? if we say a prayer on the property. And I said, no, we want to join in. And so we went up and all held hands and he said the prayer in Portuguese. And it was absolutely beautiful. He just felt at peace. Mm. And his son said, do you want us to translate? And we said, no, it was beautiful. Yeah, wow. And it it was just like he blessed the land, you know. It was great. And just so many wonderful things have happened. And Keith gave him his RFS hat. Yeah. So, I had nothing else to give him, and I thought, <laughs> <laughs> my hat, because he was in the, like, another RFS. Yeah, yeah. It would sort of be a memento of Australia <laughs> and, and us, and, and so he gave him his hat, and he, mm. he sort of looked around and he, and he kind of was asking permission to give me his hat. Yeah. So <laughs> that's what happened. So it seems as though, you know, coming from that fire situation, which was, you know, just heavy smoke, flames, rubble, destruction, yeah. and coming out of that, you've just experienced, you know, continual provision and charity. That's yeah. Exactly. It's, exactly. Yeah. Every day we would sit here on our, you know, once a slab was poured, we sort of sit there and there was no walls or roof or anything, just wow. a slab and, and a tarp over the top of it. <laughs> And, and we would sort of sit there and, and almost every day somebody would come. Came up the driveway. They would, they would give us wow. stuff. They would, would help. they would help in whatever way they could. And it was just incredible. That's powerful. But now let's turn the corner and you get into contact with Lynn. What did that look like? Oh, well, uh, I think I was... Were you when I was telling what happened... 
outside. Yeah, probably, yeah. but we'll yeah. get we'll get it yeah. for the listeners. Well, yeah. Um, Lean saw case. Um, we did. We were asked by Rotary to do some interviews to mm. help boost awareness of fire victims. Yeah. And um, we ended up being on pretty much most TV channels, UK press, French press, Canadian press. It, it went. The story went viral, and our little blue, our little shed wrapped in blue Bunnings foil went worldwide. <laughs> and Lynn saw the interview with Keith and said to Sam, well, you know, this is the person we should help. Then COVID hit and they, she said, they forgot. Mm. And then um, Channel 9 did an interview with me a year, close to a year after the fire as to what progress had been made and what was happening. And Lynn was sick that day or had hurt herself and she was at home and she saw the interview with me. Mm. And she rang her husband and said, hey, I just saw the interview of the wife from that guy that we saw months ago. Mm. Mm-hmm. So she searched and, as you can tell, Rainbow Flats got a servo. Yeah. And that's our local everything. Yeah. So she rang the servo and a new guy had just started, so he didn't know us. And she said, oh, well, you know, if you find anything, ring me. And she left her number. And as soon as, I think it's Jake, isn't it Jake, had put the phone down, our next-door neighbour went in. Yeah. And he asked him, you know, do you know them? And he said, yeah, they're my neighbours. So he gave them, he gave Mark the piece of paper with the number on. Mark came up here laughing and said, oh, this woman rang the servo and said, God told her to find you guys. Mm. So here's her phone number. Because this guy, I remember you saying outside, this guy's like an atheist, right? And he's just laughing about it, like, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. You know, this was a big joke. Um, Yeah, God told her to ring. So anyway, so after he left, I rang Lynn straight away and said, look, I've just been given your number. The neighbour who doesn't believe said, God asked you to find us. So I said, I'm ringing you. Mm. And it all started from there. And she just said, oh, you know, we're not a, you know, we're just a Bible group and whatever. And anyway, it was probably, I don't know, maybe two or more phone calls later that we were actually really talking. And I said, my church. And she said, oh, you go to church? I said, yes. And she said, oh, what church? And I said, Seven Day Adventist. And she goes, oh, and the phone goes dead. And often people tend to. <laughs> shy away from that. Yeah, yeah. And the next thing, she's squealing and she says, Sam, Sam, they're seven-day Adventists just like us. Yeah, well. <laughs> so and you guys didn't even know it. It so just no, came together. So wow. she had said that they were just a Bible group, no religion involved, yeah. just a, a studying the Bible yeah. because she didn't want us to shy away yeah. from her if she said she was seven-day Adventists. And it was just, and then it just snowballed. Wow. And, you know. So, so I don't think as a week goes past that we don't send a, you know, hi, what's happening, yeah. text to each other. And so I guess, you know, so. we've talked with uh, Lynn about everything that's kind of happened on the back end, behind the scenes. Uh, but for you guys, you were just texting and calling. Yeah. And... You know, we've just made these new friends who, you know, I mean, it was, 
they organised for a, a firefighter pump to be donated to mm. us, and we were just amazed at that. And then when the minister rocks up with the air conditioner, the yeah, wow. thing, and it was just what we needed, and he said, here, your friends in Queensland gave you this for Christmas, <laughs> you know, and, wow. you know, we, we just thought they were amazing and never expected anything like this. Yeah. And it's just such a... Yeah, but know, Lynn and Sam, they show up. This morning on your porch for yeah. a for oh, we knew they were for a coming. Cuppa. We've yeah. known they've been coming for a while. That them actually arriving today was probably organised what, a month ago, yeah, or so. Mm. And they were going to a family reunion and going to just call in on the way. So yeah, we were really <laughs> eager to meet them. You know, dude. Yeah, for sure. We were sitting in the car. We, you know, we were uh, all chatting, or we like, oh, you know, we're we're waiting to see. Um, you know, head up to the to the Duncan's place. Um, so they've shown up. And she said, oh, there's um, – I said, oh, do you want to walk around or, you know, we'll show you around. And she says, well, actually there's some people you need to meet. Wow. We haven't come on our own today. And we went, oh. <laughs> and she said, um, no, if you let them come up, they're, they're waiting to come up the driveway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not knowing what, you know. Yeah, well. And then – wasn't just one car it was <laughs> and, and we'd actually had something like this happen to us before in a different way that one lady was going to come over and visit us and arrived with a fleet of cars and it was all just people come up to sightsee the, the fire victims oh. and that was sort of in a way you know when it was yeah it's, it's touchy and, you know yeah, yeah and so you know we didn't know what was going on or what to expect and all the cars roll up and then we see Graham and <laughs> yeah. um, so he thought, oh, okay, what's going on? And, uh, yeah, those moments there, we, we have them, uh, you know, partially on, uh, on film and on, on sound and we'll see what we can do to, to get them onto Faith FM. But yeah, uh, just seeing you guys stand there and get, just, you know, get told, Hey, uh, we've organized to build you a house, you know, uh, I guess it's a massive thing, right? Oh, you've got oh. no idea. It's just, <laughs> you know, that just yeah. means the, everything, you know. It's mm. just, yeah. And so, you know, we're sitting here right now. This, this is pretty fresh. We haven't, you guys haven't signed any paperwork. This is all still needing to, to go forward. But I guess, um, you know, just closing off with how has this really shown you um, this whole experience, and we've kind of touched on it as we've been speaking, but, you know, where God is working in your life. Oh, always. And we just, you know, I think most people have said, how on earth have you still got your faith after the fire? And I said, oh, our faith is so much stronger after the fire because wow. there's just... For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's, if it were, you know, not that it was lagging or anything, but... And it's just grown stronger and stronger all the time mm. because we can just see God's hand working for us wow. all the time. And I think if it wasn't for if it wasn't our faith, there's no way we'd be here. Mm. There's no way we'd have, you know, we like we love our shed um, because it just means so much to us. Because of it wasn't just yeah. it wasn't our, just a shed that was built, and you know it was. Every piece of it has a story, mm. and each one of those stories all links back to God's putting his hand on someone and saying, come and help. Mm. Um, and it's just been ongoing. Some Sometimes it gets a bit hard, 
um, and you think, well, you know, haven't we been through enough? Mm. And then then he goes and does something like this that says, hey, we'll put wow. you through hell, but we're going to lift you up again. And it's mm. just inspiring. On the day of the fire, before it actually hit, I was texting um, with Gwenda, my daughter in Ballarat, and and with Graham. Mm. And one time when I was I, I was talking with Graham, I said, "Graham, have faith." <laughs> Just as our wow, <laughs> yeah, have faith. God will look after us. Mm. <laughs> it um, certainly didn't turn out how I expected. Yeah. <laughs> It was one I was, you know, like, anyway. um, But it it has shown me that God had a plan. Wow. That God knew what was going to happen Mm. and perhaps, you know, uh, was unable to control it, but, you know, had a greater plan. Mm. And that that has never ceased to amaze me how all of this, it couldn't just be coincidence. That you know, people uh, after day after day after week after month keep coming and helping. Yeah. Wow. You know, it, uh, I mean, we haven't asked anybody for anything or, uh, apart from the you know the donations, the charities, and grants, and that sort of thing, which everybody is able yeah. to do it. But we haven't asked any individuals for anything, and this mm. is what God has provided for us. That's powerful. Guys, thank you so much. You know, I'm sure we could just keep talking and talking and talking, but amazing, amazing, amazing story. And uh, I guess, you know, we'll probably get in contact with you further, you know, following up, seeing yeah, how everything's going. Yeah, yeah, we'll come and, we'll come and check it out for sure. But uh, guys, you know, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Yeah. And you've been listening to Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.